My prayer here in this room is that each of us would have a fresh revelation of who Jesus is today. I'm so excited that you chose to join us. I know that you've already been greeted and welcomed by several of our team here at the church, but I want to extend also to you my my welcome. Thank you so much for being here and joining us and taking some time out of your, your Christmas experience, your holiday, your traditions, your busyness, probably some last minute shopping. I'm so glad you're here tonight. My name is Scott. For those of you who may be new, I serve as the lead pastor at GT, and it's our honor that you have come to celebrate the, the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And I want to pray one more time before I open the word. Um, and I, I have a specific thing I want to pray. I don't know um, why you're here. I know why many of you are here. Uh, you're here because this is part of your Christmas tradition. You're part of our church family. And of course, you would want to come and be part of this sacred assembly on Christmas Eve. That is a natural reason why many of us would gather tonight. But some of you maybe are here because you were simply invited. Maybe a, a friend, a family member, a neighbor invited you to come. Maybe they coerced you to be here. And you're not even certain yet what you're looking to get out of tonight other than that you said yes to that invitation. And I want to pray for each of you tonight and each of us that we would simply have a, a that God would stir something in our hearts tonight. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for every single person under the sound of my voice, both in this room and joining us online. I know that, God, you are present everywhere. You're not limited by space and time. And uh, any one of us, God, can receive something from you. And I ask you, God, tonight in this room, already many probably have been, been freshly stirred by the wonder and the beauty of the season and the music and the worship. And God, now as we open the text, that sacred text, the narratives of the birth of your son, I pray that the Holy Spirit would stir something fresh in our hearts this evening. That God, there would be some, a fresh sense of the wonder and the awe of Christmas that maybe it's been lost in someone's heart tonight and that, that they would walk out of this building, they would leave the live stream tonight with a fresh stirring and a sense of the beauty of the story of Christmas that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And so God, would you do something beyond the natural, God, do something supernatural in this place tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. And God's children said amen and amen and amen. Well, God bless you, church. Again, uh, I'm so excited to have you with us and celebrating uh, this beautiful, beautiful season of the year. It's so, it's so beautiful. I wish every one of you would have the, the privilege that I have to stand on the stage and to see a room full of people who have come to worship Jesus. It's just a, a beautiful picture and expression of the body of Christ. And later on in about 20 minutes, we're going to light candles in this room. And there, there's just something that, that to me is awe-inspiring about seeing the candles lit the, that represent the light of the world. Just a beautiful, beautiful picture of the, the story of Christmas. And so I'm believing that God's going to touch you tonight. I want to I open the Word of God and look at the narratives, the, the story of Christmas uh, maybe for some of you, this will simply be beautiful reminders about who Jesus is and what the, the, the Word of God says about him. For some of you, maybe uh, you haven't, you're not familiar with the story of Christmas, that original first Christmas. Maybe you have in your mind some idea of what that day might have been like when Jesus entered 
Earth's atmosphere. Maybe in your mind you have the, the picture of a stable or a manger, the little feeding trough that the baby Jesus was laid in. Of course, you drive around the neighborhoods and see pictures of the nativity all, all around us. Maybe you picture Mary and Joseph. You picture some sheep, some goats, some cattle lowing in the background. Maybe you have different ideas of what that image looks like. You, you, you imagine that that first Christmas was very humble, very lowly, very quiet, and that Jesus made his entrance to planet Earth in a very subdued, almost secretive way. And if that's the picture you have in your mind about the very first Christmas, you're partly right. All of those things happen that way. And I'm going to read the story in Luke chapter 2 that will affirm for you that you have a, a picture in your head that's similar to what happened on that very first Christmas. But then there's a part of the story that we may not always connect to the original nativity of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, again, just taking a few moments today and opening God's word and together reflecting on the beauty of the, the greatest story ever told, the story of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. This is what Luke wrote in Luke chapter 2. It says this, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor in Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, this is Jesus' father on earth, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So again, if you're newer to this text, you'll probably hear some, some buzzwords that you recognize, Bethlehem, Nazareth, you know, the, the house of David. Those things maybe ring a bell for some of you. Luke goes on to write this, and while they were there, so while Mary and Joseph were there, um, backing up a little bit, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's the entirety of the story of the birth of Jesus. Now, again, there's, there's other parts of it that we'll look at briefly here, but if you imagined a quiet setting, you imagined correctly. The Bible tells us that wherever they were, where they were registering, all the hotels were booked, all the motels were booked. How many know there's a difference between hotel and motel, right, church? Right, we know there's a difference. Come on, somebody, like, you know there's a difference. And the hotels and the motels were booked. And they end up giving birth to their son in a stable, a place where the animals were kept. At least that's what Luke tells us. And baby Jesus was laid in a feeding trough. Very quiet surroundings, a setting that you wouldn't think of this as being the, 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 the expected setting of the birth of a king. You know, if we think of royalty, we imagine that kings would be born in very stately manners. And they have every imaginable luxury at their fingertip. This king was born in the most humble and, and serene setting possible. You know, it's, it's, it's in stark contrast even to the way that we bring our children 
into the world. I hear the kids in the room. I see the children in the room. I hear some of the, the beauty. The, listen, I, I, I would say this, but I hear the beautiful noises of young people in this room. I don't mind the crying and the, the chatter. My, 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 we've raised two of our kids there now in college. Our, our daughter is 12, and I, I'm very well acquainted with what this evening means for many of you with toddlers in the room, okay? I know that. So I have worked very hard to get my message down to two hours, okay? I promise you. I will have you out of here in no time. But, it's in, but the, the birth of Jesus is in stark contrast even to the way that you and I welcome our own children. Many of us as parents, we, we go to great labor, pun intended, to prepare a nursery. We, we paint the walls, we buy the cribs, we've got the little things that spin above the crib. We've got the pack and play and the bouncy seat. We've got car seats and strollers. You probably have more seats for your children than you know what to do with. You've got one that attaches to the table. You probably, I bet if, if you're a new parent in this room and you counted, I bet you could count 10 different chairs that you have for your child. I don't want you to do that now. Go home and do it later. Okay, don't get distracted. But the contrast is, is incredible. We bring our children into the world with 10 different kinds of chairs. The God of the universe entered earth and was laid on a bed of straw in a manger. However... While we look at the, the very ordinary, the, the very serene and humble beginnings of the Savior of the world in the, in the manger scene, the nativity, outside of town, there was a very different scene taking place. In fact, what we're going to learn in a second, that the ordinary was contrasted by the extraordinary. Something very extraordinary was about to take place outside of town. This would be the biggest announcement that would ever be made in the history of the universe. Now, that might sound awfully big. You know, you and I are, again, acquainted with different kinds of announcements. If, you're, if you pay attention to what's happening in this season, you watch TV, you watch football games or golf on TV, which probably nobody but me watches golf on TV. Anybody with me? Come on. Thank you for that hand. I appreciate you. Yeah, all those hands out there. You are my brothers and sisters in golf, Okay. Anyway, um, moving on. So, but, you're, but you know what it looks like when something big is coming. There's announcements, there's TV commercials, there's advertising all over. When a new iPhone or Android hits the market, you hear about it. When, when somebody has a baby, you hear about it on social media. When somebody's getting engaged and getting married, you hear about it. Big deals get big appeals. Big, big events get big announcements. Well, this, while, while we look at the contrast of the quiet, humble beginnings of the Son of God in the stable, this no less would be the biggest announcement that would ever be given to the history of mankind. This is how Luke gives it to us in same in chapter 2, going on to verse 8. It says, in the same region, so outside of town, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Again, those are very familiar words. Those are words that make their, their way into Christmas songs and carols, right? Keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. If I could just invite you to let your mind imagine what that original scene might have been like. You know, baby Jesus born in very humble settings inside of town. Outside of town, shepherds, the lowliest of people, the, the probably the least desirable occupation in that first century. They were outside of town 
just taking care of the sheep. They probably didn't have clean clothing on. They probably had a little bit of odor forming on their bodies. And they're outside just minding their own business under the, the darkness of night. Maybe some, some stars are visible. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel of God, an, an otherworldly visitor breaks into our dimension. Imagine what that would have been like when an angel of God bursts into the, the earthly night sky because he's got something to tell them. Why the, why the shepherds? Like of all the different places that you can make an announcement of this magnitude, why the shepherds? I would submit to you tonight that perhaps why God sent the angel to the shepherds was to remind us that the son of God, the savior of the world came for all people. He didn't just come for some or for the, the, the elite of society. The greatest announcement of the kingdom of God ever to be given was delivered to the most unlikely of audiences. So Luke said this, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. They were terrified at the sight of this alien appearance, not an alien in the way that we might think of it, but, but an otherworldly creature, an angel from a different dimension breaks forth in the night sky. And the angel said to them, here comes the announcement, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, if that was the end of the story, if that was where the period was, that would already have been an incredible announcement. An angel comes and appears to shepherds and tells them that the Savior of the world had been born on that night. But God wasn't finished with this scene. Outside of town where Jesus was born, a host of angels is about to appear and light up the night sky. This is what Luke says. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. We don't know how many that means. That could mean a hundred, could mean a thousand. Literally some versions, if you look at the original language, this could mean all the angels. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, it says that the, the angels are numbered 10,000 times 10,000. Is it possible that God sent every single one of his angels to break into the night sky to announce the birth of his son? Can you imagine 100 million angels filling the night sky and saying the following to, a, again, a few shepherds minding their sheep? This is what they said. The, the, the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now that's an incredible scene. The ordinary in town contrasted by the extraordinary outside of town. Why the big deal? Why on earth would God go to such great lengths to make this announcement, announcement of this proportion? Well, I want to I just examine for a few very brief moments the very specific announcement that the angel made before the heavenly host joined him. This is what he said. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy for all people. Now you and I 
are, 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 are familiar with what news looks like. Maybe you watch news, maybe you read the news, maybe you avoid the news because you don't like hearing about all that, the, the brokenness in our world. But we know what news is. And you know the difference between bad news and good news. And there's also just what I would call news. In fact, many of you know, if you're part of our church family, you know that my family and I have been walking through a, a somewhat challenging season with our 12-year-old daughter right now. Uh, she, my wife and Erilyn are still in the hospital today. Uh, we've been talking with doctors throughout the week. We've probably consulted with over 30 doctors at Hershey Medical Center. We were, we were admitted over two weeks ago. We were admitted again this Tuesday. We've been spending our Christmas in a hospital. And we get a lot of news in the hospital Sometimes you get some news that you wish you hadn't heard. And many of you, I would say this, many of you have walked through medical challenges in your life. Many of you walked, have walked with loved ones through medical challenges. Maybe you're walking through one right now. And you know what news looks like. So there's a difference between news and good news. And I want to tell you today that we got some good news today. We are believing God that we're going to be home tonight from the hospital and celebrating Christmas tomorrow at home. That was good news. You see, friends, there's, there's news and then there's good news. And this angel broke out of heaven and entered our dimension to announce not just good news, but the greatest news that would ever be given to mankind, that the Savior of the world had been born that night. Good news of what? Of great joy. This isn't just news that brings moderate joy or average joy, or, or joy that is, is okay. It's just so, so like, ah, oh, it's kind of exciting. No, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Great joy. And I have to just pause and imagine that this angel was given the greatest assignment known to all angels that would ever be sent to earth to deliver information. You know, in, in the history of mankind, from the very beginning to the very end, only one angel was given the joy of delivering the announcement that the Savior of the world had been born. And it's, it's, it's just like God not even to tell us his name. We don't know the, the name of this angel, him or her, whatever, however you want to view angels. We don't know the identity of this angel, just that they were given the most incredible assignment that any angel could ever dream of having, to announce that the birth of the king had just transpired. This was good news of great joy. Why is this great joy? Why is this good news? Because it would be news for all people of all time. You know, when, when you get news, sometimes there's news. So, so again, for example, my family got news. And in, in most cases, the news that we've been getting all week doesn't have much of an impact on each of you. Many of you have prayed for us. You've been so kind to reach out and to, to send us your support and your love and your care and your concern. And we, we so appreciate that as a family. But by and large, the news that we're getting at the hospital doesn't have a huge effect on each of you. There's news that, that affects small groups of people. For example, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan in the room, I hate to bring that up. Some of you are like, this pastor, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. You listen, I know some Cowboys fans that get more excited at the news of the Eagles losing than they do of the Cowboys winning. Like that's backwards, isn't it? You know, but if you're an Eagles fan, you love when the Cowboys lose, right? Like it's just, that's news. And for, for, that's news that affects only a very small number of you. But this news delivered by this angel was good news that brought great joy for all people, every single human being that would ever live 
and will ever live on the face of this earth. That's why the, the brilliant announcement, the, the, the angels breaking forth through the night sky, the heavenly host coming and disturbing the watch of the shepherds. Why all this trouble? Because this was the best news that would ever come and it was for every single person that would ever live on planet earth. Good news of great joy for all the people. What is that news? What is the news that would be for great joy for all people? This is what the angel said. For unto you. Now I just want to remind us today, he was talking to the shepherds, but this announcement is for you and for you and for you and for you online and for you and for you and for you and for you and for me. When this angel says for unto you, this is unto us. Unto the millions and millions of believers all over earth right now, worshiping Jesus Christ. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The long-awaited Messiah, the anointed one, the one that had been prophesied about long ago for thousands of years the prophets in the Old Testament had been speaking about the Messiah that would come, this anointed one, this Christ child that would be born. And finally, the time was right. God sent his son to be born of a virgin, to be, to be born in this space. And this was great news for all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What does it mean that he's Savior? You know, if you examine the original text of this, this particular narrative, you'd see that that word Savior literally means deliverer and rescuer. It literally means that this baby was born to rescue us. This is the best news that would ever be given, that Jesus was sent to rescue us. Rescue us from ourselves, perhaps. Rescue us from our sin from our brokenness, from our sickness, from disease. He was sent to rescue us from the brokenness in this world. If you've ever been rescued, you know what it brings when you get rescued. My wife and I were on a college visit last year with our son Matthew, who's in the second row here. We were driving to Grove City on a winter night in January or February, and there was an ice storm. And I'll never forget this night. It's only a year ago, so my memory's not amazing because I'll never forget it. It was only a year ago, but I will never forget this night. So we're driving up these highways, and there's sleet, rain, snow, ice. And all of a sudden on the highway, we get to a couple of flares in the police cars. And we only know there's one way. We've got to go over this mountain and get to Grove City. And this is like 9 p.m. at night. It's dark. And, it's, and we get to the flares, and we're like, I'm like, oh, that's not good news. There's flares on the road. We pull up to this police officer, we're like the only car out there, and we're in our, we're, we are not in a capable vehicle, we're in our 2010 Honda Odyssey, okay, it's not an off-road vehicle. And the cop says, listen, the highway's closed, if you go up further in the mountain, there are already trucks stuck, there, there's ice in the mountain, you're going to have to go a different way. And I'm like, I don't have another way. We're halfway between Redding and Grove City, we have no idea where we are, so we make our way off the mountain, we find a gas station. And we're just like, what do we do? We're looking at Google. We have no idea what these, these roads are that are taking us all over Pennsylvania to get us to where we want to go. And finally, I have a conversation with a truck driver. And when you, listen, when you're stuck in the middle of nowhere on the mountains of Pennsylvania, the first person you want to talk to is a truck driver. Can I get an amen in this room? And this truck driver knew every road in the area. 
And can I tell you, I, I understood in a very brief moment what it, what it feels like to be saved. What it feels like for somebody to be a rescuer. That truck driver told us with great certainty, he knew exactly the way we should go. Frank, can I announce to you tonight that Jesus Christ, with great certainty, is the way to go. Jesus is the savior of the world. That's why churches all over the world are celebrating tonight. Because God sent his son as the savior of the world. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. What does he save us from? I said a moment ago, he saves us from our sin, of course. When a person confesses that they are a sinner in need of a savior, they get to have eternal life. In fact, saviors only come for those who know that they need saving. Jesus eventually would go to die on a cross 33 years later. He would shed his blood as a payment for the sins of mankind. But that saving is administered and available only to those who acknowledge their need for saving. And when you acknowledge that need for saving, you receive the greatest gift that you could ever receive in your life. And this is why Christmas is such a beautiful moment of the year, a beautiful celebration, a, a time to worship and to rejoice in the Lord. Because when you admit that you're a sinner and you admit that you need saving, you admit that you're broken inside and that you need this Savior that God sent in his only son. The angel tells us this last thing in this announcement. This is the final part of their announcement. The, the, the heavenly host in the sky, and they said this, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The final end product of a person, of what happens in our lives when we, when we yield ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we confess that we are sinners in need of a savior, when we acknowledge that Jesus is the savior of the world, what you and I get in return is peace. Peace probably with others, because now we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Peace within. Some of you desperately need to experience peace on the inside. But the greatest form of peace that you can have tonight is peace with God. You can experience peace with the God of the universe. <clears throat> you might be wondering, well, how do I do that? What must I do to experience peace with God? It's very simple, friend. And again, I'm, I'm very well aware that many of you in this room have already come to this decision to invite this Savior of the world into your own life personally. Friend, I don't believe it's enough. The Bible doesn't teach us that it's enough simply to believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. The Bible teaches us that you must believe in Jesus as the Savior of the world. You must place your faith in Jesus Christ, confessing your sins and receiving him as your savior, and then you will be saved, the Bible says. And I wanna pray for you tonight. Before we light these candles, before we enjoy some perfectly serene moments in this room. In fact, all of the babies will stop making noise in the next 20 minutes, okay? It's gonna be miraculous, right? That may not happen. But <coughs> what can happen is you can have perfect peace in your soul. And I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment?
before we light our candles in this room. Many of you have already invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. But if you are here in this room tonight and you've never decided to invite Jesus into your life, I want to pray for you. Maybe you just say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I, I don't know that I've ever invited Christ as my Savior to forgive my sins, to change my life. I'm not sure that, that my eternal destiny is going to be with God in heaven. If you are here tonight and you want to make a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, would you just do me a favor and indicate to God that you want to make that decision just by slipping your hand up. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. But if you're here tonight, young or old, doesn't matter, men and women, boys and girls, if you're here and you want to say, Pastor, tonight, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't ask you to stand. You're not going to have to come onto the stage. But just in the, the quiet of this moment, if you say, Scott, I want to give my life to Jesus right now, would you just slip your hand up? Let me know that I can pray for you in a moment. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, young lady. Anybody else? I see those hands. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, would you remember me when you pray? I want to I invite Jesus to be the Savior of my life, not just the Savior of the world, but of my life personally. Thank you for raising your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, tonight, in the name of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, I pray for every single person in this room who raised their hand. Father, I thank you that you know every single one of them, God. In fact, you know them by name. The Bible says you know the, the number of hairs on their head. You love them with an everlasting, unconditional love. And I believe, God, that when they raised their hand, they were expressing their willingness to acknowledge that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And they were expressing their faith to invite Jesus to become the Savior of their life. And I pray for them tonight, God, that you would save them from themselves, from their sin, forgiving their sins, and making this Christmas the best Christmas they've ever had in their entire lives. Why? Because they now have received the Savior of the world into their life tonight. God, would you bless them, I pray. And also, God, I pray for every one of us, God, as we go into this moment of candle lighting, would we experience the peace of the living God through your Son, Jesus Christ, as the light of the world. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to get our candle lighting started here, and our team's going to lead us in some very, very beautiful music. And I invite you to sing along. And again, just wait till the, the light gets to you. It's going to fill the room in a very short time.
is the light of the world. When we raise our candles, we're reminding ourselves that we're lifting up the name of Jesus. He is the light of the world, the savior of all mankind. And when you invite him into your life, not just of mankind, but of me and of you. This is such a beautiful moment. I hope that, I hope that this moment right now just kind of is, is stored in your mind as the, the beauty of what God offers in the peace and the serenity that you can have, not just on the outside, but on the inside as well through Jesus. Let's just, let's just sit in this moment for a moment. It's beautiful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's extinguish our candles tonight. I'd love the honor of dismissing us tonight in a word of prayer and praying that the Lord indeed blesses every one of your Christmas celebrations, both tonight and tomorrow, that you would sense the presence of Jesus in your lives. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone in this room, everybody listening online, God, that they would sense the nearness of God, the joy of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of Jesus in their Christmas celebrations, that we would always remember that Jesus is indeed the reason for this season. We celebrate you tonight, Lord Jesus. We love you. We bless you. We pray that you would bless your children in this room in return. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children who agreed said amen and amen and amen. I love you, church. So blessed by each of you being here. I pray that you have an amazing Christmas day tomorrow. God bless you. Love you all. See you in the new year. <laughs>